0: Hey there, welcome back to Grace for Your Journey. I'm Pastor Terry, so glad to have you with us. If you're new, welcome on in. We're going through the book of First Kings. Now, why the book of First Kings? It's because it is filled, first of all, it's a phenomenal story, right? It's in the Bible, it's a phenomenal story. It's true. It's filled with treachery, deceit, murder, overthrow, plots within plots. So it's an exciting story. But the second thing is it teaches us and tells us very clearly how people, starting with a person, how a person, how people, how a nation, in our context, how a church can fall away from the Lord. How is it that you can love God so much that you're willing to risk everything, but then as time passes by, you, you get to the point where you barely even honor him in everyday life or even at the holy days. Well, this is the story of First Kings. So we're going to get to see how that works, what goes on with that, and then what we can do to not fall into the same trap. So here's what's happened in First Kings. David has died. He has left the, the kingdom, according to God's plan, to Solomon, his son. Solomon has become king, and so he's cleaning house. (laughs) He's cleaning house, if you will. That means there's a lot of people that, you know, were part of David's cabinet that can't be a part of his. Some because they've gotten too old. Some because they weren't really loyal to David right? Some because they haven't been loyal to Solomon up to this point. And so we pick up in chapter 2, verse 28, and we see how the intrigue is unfolding and what Solomon's having to do so he can move ahead with a clean slate. Listen, when change comes, when leadership change comes, sometimes you have to have a clean slate. Not always. Sometimes people involved in the organization, the church or whatever, can make the turn and they make the turn pretty easily to a new leader. But sometimes they can't. And when they can't, You have to think about the purpose of God more than what's comfortable with the people around you. So here's what happens in verse 28. Now, when the news came to Joab, for Joab had supported Adonijah, although he had not supported Absalom. Joab was one of the leaders of the army under David. Joab was a very treacherous guy. As a matter of fact, he was so treacherous that Adonijah who was Solomon's brother, King Solomon's brother, just prior to this tried to overthrow the kingdom, to overthrow Solomon. Joab sided with him against Solomon the king, knowing that it was God's will for Solomon to be king. He sided with with Adonijah, and he found out Adonijah had failed. This is where he finds out. He finds out Adonijah had failed, finds out Adonijah is dead. He finds out that Abathar, the priest under under, um, Adonijah, was gone, was displaced. He was fired. A new priest had come into place. So there was no leader of the army now that he could look up to, right? Because that one is gone. His spiritual leader is gone because it was treachery. They wanted Solomon out, right? And they wanted Adonijah in. So here's what happened. Joab gets the word, but he had not supported Absalom. He had been around a while. Absalom was... Uh, one of David's other children that rose up and tried to depose him as king. And when that happened, Joab stayed firmly committed to David. So that's a good thing. But look what happens. So after Joab heard this, he fled to the tent of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. And when it was told to King Solomon, Joab has fled to the tent of the Lord, and behold, he's in the altar, and he's grabbed hold of the horns of the altar. Solomon sent Beniah the son of Jedediah, saying, go strike him down. Now, Benaiah's the hitman. <laughs> Just so you know, prior to this, if you go back and listen to the other podcast, you'll find out that whenever Solomon wanted somebody taken out, he sent this guy. Beniah was the enforcer, so... He sends Benaiah, the son of Jedediah, saying, go strike him down. So Benaiah came to the tent of the Lord and said to him, the king commands you to come out. In other words, he wasn't going to kill him while he was still in there um, uh, in, the, in the tent of the Lord. But he said, no, I'm going to die here. So Benaiah uh, brought the word back to the king saying, thus Joab, and thus he had answered me. Now, here's the principle from that. Sometimes you need to default to spiritual leadership. During great spiritual crisis, understand. Yeah, this was sort of about the kingdom, and it looked to be a civil issue, a governmental issue, but it was also a spiritual issue because he had run into the tent of the Lord. He had grabbed hold of the altar, and you're not supposed to strike someone down there. That it, it is a highly spiritual thing. So, Beniah, rather than just you know rushing in there and grabbing him and you know killing him, he goes back to the king. He goes to his spiritual authority. And he says, okay, uh, King Solomon, this is what's going on. What do we do? Listen, there's times in your life when you need someone who's more spiritual than you that you can lean on. You need a spiritual mentor. You need a spiritual leader. That could be a pastor. It could be an elder. It could be a deacon. It could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be a relative. It, but someone who's walked the ways of Christ longer than you, who've been in, who's have been who been in the Word longer than you, who's deeper and more connected with the wisdom of Scripture more so than you. I have them in my life. There are two or three guys. I, I, there are two or three guys across the country that I will call and ask questions to because there are times you have the default to higher spiritual leadership. So this is what Beniah does. And so he brought word to the king. But here's what the king said. The king replied to him and said, Do as do as I have said, go down and strike him down and bury him and take away from me and my father's house the guilt for the blood that Joab shed without cause. Okay, so um, we're going to get into what other things Joab had done. So here's what happened. The Lord would bring back his bloody deeds on his own head because without the knowledge of my father, David, he attacked and killed with the sword two men more righteous than himself. Who were they? Abnar, the son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and Amasa, the son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. Joab was jealous of these two men. They were righteous, decent, good men in the kingdom, serving in the kingdom of God while David was king, right? And so he with no cause, not telling David, went behind David's back, he murdered these guys. He took them out, now, is that unbelievable treachery? It's horrible. And so because of that, Solomon knew it. And he said, look, you don't get a pass for killing two righteous men. Here's what happens in churches today. Now, you don't have guys killing each other on the street, but you do have people assassinating one another's character. You do have people assassinating each other's ministry. You do have people that will defame their character. You do have people that will lie on one another. Now, when you see someone doing that, I would encourage you you have to look at them as being deeply, deeply flawed in their character and deeply in the grips of sin. And they must be dealt with. Now, of course, don't deal with them like this, but you have to deal with them if you're going to move ahead to something new, something fresh, and something great led by the Spirit of God. So here's what happens. So then he goes, I said, so shall their blood come back on the head of Joab. In other words, Joab is going to get what he gave and on the head of his descendants forever. But for David and for his descendants and for his house and his throne, there will be peace from the Lord forevermore. Then Beniah the son of Jediah, went down and struck him and put him to death and buried him there in his house in the wilderness. The king put Beniah the son of Jeodiah, uh, over the army in place of Joab and, put, uh, and he, the king put Zadok the, uh, uh, as priest in the place of Abathar. So what's the lesson? Sometimes you got a clean house. Sometimes you got to get rid of the old to bring in the new. Now, some people are able to make the change. When change comes in your organization, in your church, whatever it might be, sometimes people are able to make, some people have been waiting for that change. They've been praying for that change. So when it comes, man, they're going to be with you. But sometimes people are going to become treacherous to listen, to keep power, to keep authority, to keep position, maybe even to keep money. When you see that, you got to deal with them. Now, when you do, it's going to be hard. Need to pray a lot, but God's going to give you unbelievable grace for that part of the journey. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for today. Thank you for time and your word. Now, Lord, be with us as you bring winds of change our direction to advance the gospel in your kingdom in powerful ways. Help us to have wisdom, compassion, and courage to deal with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God's blessings on you, and we'll talk again